This is a Human Collective Podcast. This is episode five. Hello humans, this is a Human Collective Podcast with me, Ross Taylor. For 30 minutes each week, I'll be chatting to my friends in arguably the weirdest industry on planet Earth, TV and film. This week, I was joined by my friend, filmmaker and assistant producer, Caitlin McGovern. Caitlin finished her film degree at Queen's University and soon after was selected for NI Screen's Aim High television scheme. Since then, she's been working solidly for three years and has managed to return back to work as an assistant producer on long-time local BBC series, Home Ground. I also wanted to mention that I stated a statistic incorrectly on mental health from a survey taken from the TV and film charity in February. I stated it as 93%, but it is in fact 87%, just in the nature of podcasting sometimes really, but I just wanted to clarify that for you guys. Um, still very shocking to hear nonetheless, so definitely tune in for it. Um, catching up with Caitlin was great crack, and uh, as always, I picked her brain for a little bit before having a good old laugh about the absurdities of our industry. Enjoy. Caitlin. Another Zoom call. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hiya, how are you? Good man, good man. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a wee while since since I've seen you. First of all, thanks for coming onto the podcast. Um, it's it's great to get another one of my buddies um, to check in with. Um, <laughs> because I think nowadays it's easy to kind of get bogged down with everything that's going on in the four walls of your house. And you, it's a great thing as well, but also it's nice to kind of check in with the likes of yourself. Connected. Yeah, exactly. Um, so here, before before this whole thing went down, um, what were you working on? So I was working on a TV series called Home Ground. It's for BBC Northern Ireland. It's a rural affairs show based in Northern Ireland. I like to say that it's uh, the poor man's version of Country File. <laughs> <laughs> very wholesome, very good. Um, um, so yeah, I was working on that with um, the company I'm with at the minute. And we were literally filming until basically they announced lockdown because we had four episodes to go out we had two fully finished we were working on the third and then you know they were going to announce the lockdown on monday so we were filming on the sunday trying to get it all done so we got three out of four episodes complete which was fantastic Mm -hmm. but uh it was it was scary because we kind of didn't know what was happening you know the kind of job security the show security where are you going with it so that's where I was at the, the beginning of it. And then lockdown happened the Monday. And, and um, were you able to avail of any of the sort of um, self-employment schemes or any of the furlough schemes or anything like that? Yeah, well, I was really lucky. The company I'm with, um, I got put on the furlough scheme. So they were, they were really great. Actually, they looked after us really, really well. So I was put on furlough. And then on the 1st of June, I went back to work. So I'm now working on the next series of Home Ground. Um, so it was, yeah, on certain times at the beginning, but they looked after us and I was lucky enough to be put on furlough. Class, man. Um, so at the minute then, so you're actually, geez, you're one, of my, you're one of the first of my friends actually to get back into TV. This is actually a pretty pretty cool thing to, to see, like, because, uh, you know, sometimes you look around and I'm kind of like, 
I just don't know like what's gonna happen here. All of all of these talented, amazing people that I I know and work with who are still all like kind of throwing their hands up in the air, going, "Look, I'm still I'm looking as well." And um, yeah, it's nice to see that there's a kind of way back for people. Um, what does it look like now? You know, what's the, what's the kind of I know you're so you're back to work. What is, what does it look like? Well, I'm back again working on Home Ground Series Nine. Um, so we're on to a brand new series and it's looking positive for the that series but filming is a lot different and there's a lot more consideration and a lot more kind of like red tape around things you know to be careful with just checking in on everyone making sure everyone's comfortable stories are harder to find um, because it's unscripted tv i work in so we're always looking for you know people's stories working with trusts and organizations and a lot of that's not happening so it's been tricky in that sense of just trying to find stories and contributors and making sure everyone's happy and comfortable to film with us because you know we're not out of the the shit yet mm. <laughs> i know we can swear on this because i've, I've yeah, listened to the previous so. podcast um <laughs> but yeah it's it's nice because i'm working and i've missed working but you're also kind of looking going like it's not back to normal and it's probably not going to be back to normal for a while so it's been interesting adapting to the kind of the new normal yeah um, indeed and i think I've, i'm eventually gonna have to stop talking about the, the coronavirus because i think anyone who listens to this podcast they're gonna be like fuck here he goes about the bloody coronavirus again but <laughs> i uh, mean it's relevant it, it, it is happens. relevant man. it is relevant um i'm also interested to know um what kind of positives you were taking out of lockdown because um you know it, it, there's a lot of people um had a lot of thoughts on a lot of people I know have a lot of thoughts on their experience in lockdown. I know my family, like my dad, was furloughed and he's, you know, and it's, he's 60. And I, I thought it was amazing to see him get back to the stuff he wants to do, which is essentially do handiwork around the house and just, you know, have time with the family. And, you know, it was like that kind of stuff was nice. So what was it like for you and what kind of positives were you taking out of it? I mean, I decided to come back to my family home. So during lockdown, I've been at home with the parents and the two siblings and it was interesting to adapt at the beginning because I haven't been home for this long in so long. Um, and you know, like you, you're used to kind of running your own things and being in your own place. So at the beginning, I found it tough mentally, just, you know, kind of the limitations. But after a while, I kind of put things into perspective and I was like, Do you know what? I'm safe, I'm happy, I'm well, I'm with my family. I'm gonna seize this moment. So I ended up reading more. I started running. Um, I picked up like sewing, like I just, all these hobbies and things that you kind of were always like, oh, I don't have time for that. I'm, I'm too busy. I don't have time for that. I was making time for it and I was making time for myself and it was quite nice and just connecting with family and, you know, reaching out to friends and doing Zoom calls and quizzes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I try to make the best of a bad situation and like it was tough, but you just got to rock through it. And I think I did that quite well. <laughs> Good, good. But um, I was lucky to have support to do that as well around me. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fantastic to hear that. I think obviously it was nice that you know, uh, below the radar, we're looking after you well, and like that's that's a great thing to hear that Indies here are still are we're making that effort over over lockdown because we'll never sort of forget this period, and it's nice to know yeah, who what who are the people who are looking after people. Um, but uh, yeah, also I think the life of a freelancer can be incredibly stressful from a sense that 
obviously going from job to job you're always thinking about the next four or five steps ahead and um what i kind of thought was you know eventually like i mean i I didn't qualify for any of the financial schemes but i mean i was i I am now getting help from the government in terms of um you know the uh, universal credit and stuff like everybody like a lot of people are um and the kind of thought hit me i was like you know what i'm used to like if i don't get work if i don't then i don't get paid and the fact that i can sit here in the house and I can be with my family or be with my girlfriend and we can spend this time with each other like it really isn't gonna happen like this again and I, I intend to be a freelancer for a long time so unless the world of freelancing changes dramatically which it might need to um i'm probably not gonna get this kind of time again so i just leaned into it man and i really enjoy just you know i think i think like you're saying you kind of veer towards after a while you kind of break the mold of being a freelancer and you go back to just being yourself and it's nice to kind of just get back to that once in a while because it's felt like it felt in a way like you know when 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 you're a kid and you get that summer holiday and you just get a bit lost in your summer holiday like in a way it's it felt, felt like, like being that. on summer holiday again i i'm at uni this is like work life i'm not a proper adult i'm back to having a summer vacation because that's the thing when you're a freelancer you're constantly looking ahead you're working on the project you're on you're doing your best to try and you know make the output great so then that's there on your cv you know recommendations and you're moving on and you're looking for the next job so to kind of have that moment where you're just sitting in a way doing nothing because tv stopped there was nothing happening you kind of yeah you just you're on it was a weird moment that we're not going to get again and i think i think a lot of people had a chance as well to kind of look at their situation and the situation of being a freelancer on tv and kind of hopefully we'll move on from that and things will change because it was kind of a scary reality for a lot of people and a lot of um, jobs. Yeah, man, I think, you know, the big thing for me was you just get a huge sense of perspective that if you can, if you eventually, if you can make it work properly um, and whatever ways that it works for you, you know, you get a sense of perspective on the certain people who are, who really, I mean, there's people, I'm, I'm following a lot of kind of facebook groups where people are kind of expressing their frustration with being excluded from a lot of financial things there are people who unfortunately don't get universal credit they don't get any financial schemes and my heart really goes out to them and and those are people who are you know who have kids and things like that so like you get perspective and you're like you know what i'm i'm safe i got a roof over my head and if 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 i've got those things it's brilliant i'm incredibly grateful for that um but yeah i mean it's 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 a weird time but I, i like to think that we'll all come back a little bit stronger than um when we left it you know well freelancers were resilient anyway <laughs> but i and it's, it will be interesting to see kind of where it goes forward from here with tv picking up more and more over the months yeah i, but I think i think there's a massive question um that you know before before lockdown happened i was um i cast my eye over a statistic on the um, tv and film charity and they they had a survey that's in 93 percent of freelancers have um experienced or have admitted to having a mental health problem um in tv and film and i thought like that was such a giant statistic perspective wise like i was thinking like oh my god this is enormous and um could see a lot of reasons why that would be the case and um and then the coronavirus hit and that that statistic stuck in my mind really strongly i was like this is just this is this is an incredibly alarming statistic to be to prior to this whole thing happening what is it like now i i, I mean p- perhaps there are people who like we've said have, who have got that time to 
really focus on good things but I, I i sort of i can't help but think about the people who were you know at the core of that statistic um and who were experiencing the, the really hard the hard realities of being a freelancer you know struggling and then it's just added to their struggle mm. and that's the thing like you said like i'm lucky i don't have well i want to word that better i don't have children i don't have responsibility big responsibilities like that so you know while it was really hard for me at the beginning and kind of that realization of I might not be employed and not might not be employed for a long time mm. um you kind of think about those people that have mortgages and have children and have those extra responsibilities and then to be hit with a pandemic and that uncertainty like being a freelancer it's un uncertain anyway like we, we get told that at the beginning you kind of expect it but to have that then uncertainty amplified like it's already a struggle as it is so no definitely you kind of think about that's why I put things into perspective because at the beginning I was totally freaking out going oh my god like where do I go from here because you know furlough wasn't a thing at that point job security wasn't a thing at that point and luckily over time I've been lucky enough that I could I was put on the furlough screen and I'm now back working but you kind of have to put things in perspective and there's always someone there that's potentially struggling more than you so 93 percent high prior to a pandemic statistically with people struggling with mental health so mm. you know i can only see that increasing which is worrying mm. i you, think you know one of the things that i found that was really good about this experience is i could see a lot of people in our industry coming together speaking to each other reaching out to each other who never knew each other and i thought there was a lot of really nice things to really po nice positives to take from the fact that there were people out there who were trying to make voiceless communities um heard um people like Adrian Pegg and Mark Watson of the TV Water Cooler who were both, you know, really gathering together as many surveys, as many voices and um, experiences together in order to get to the, um, I think it was the treasury that they were speaking to. And like, they were constantly coming back with feedback from the BBC and people from a lot of people like, you know, who weren't getting funding from there and all major broadcasters and what they were going to do about it. And things started to happen. And, you know, those things aren't a coincidence. You know, they happen because people are speaking up about it. And that was a pretty cool thing. I saw that, you know, if we don't speak up for ourselves, that people are, that it will, the machine will just move on and, and, and we will get left behind, you know? Definitely. But okay, Caitlin. So I think this draws a, a, a conclusion to that conversation, but it moves swiftly <laughs> on the topic of what's very relevant to this, which is escapism. Okay. And okay. I have a segment that I think is perfect for this because we've all done our best to try and escape from all the bullshit that's going on in the news and everywhere we look, there's so much horrible stuff going on. So, um, I have been trawling through every network, every uh, every every TV app, every TV show. I've pretty much watched them all, but I'm dying to hear some new ones from you. So coming right up, guys, is Caitlin's top three lockdown classics. Okay, Caitlin, so starting with number three, what is your third lockdown classic for us? Okay, um, this might be a bit of a cheat. So I have four things. So I've decided to draw two as my third. So the first third one would be, it's a bit of a throwback. It's a 2013 TV series, Hannibal. Did you ever oh. watch Hannibal? Yes, yes like, I yeah, did. It's quite dark, right. <laughs> That's the thing, it's quite dark, but it gets more positive. Um, so I watched Hannibal when it first came out and then it was one of those things where I forgot about it. And during lockdown, I was kind of revisiting shows that I didn't really finish. And I love 
Brian Fuller. So he did Pushing Daisies. If you ever watched Pushing Daisies, that was fantastic. So it was just kind of revisiting something. It's a little bit dark. It's based on Red Dragon, but it's just so beautifully filmed and the acting's immense and everything about it is just beautiful to watch, which is ironic to say when it's about something so dark, but I loved revisiting that. And then on the flip side, Afterlife Series 2 with uh, Ricky Gervais. Okay, this is your number two, yeah. So th- no, that's my joint three. Can oh, I do joint two? Three. Is that okay? Perfect, okay. yeah. Break the rules. I can't no pick. So, <laughs> had to be you, didn't it? Them. Had to be you, Break the rules. Troublemakers. <laughs> I know. So Afterlife as well. I loved the first series. Second series came out during lockdown too. And I binge watched that. It's about um, a man who's dealing with grief. He's lost his wife to cancer. And he's just decided to go f you to the world and do what he wants. But the character developments and re- that's really good and kind of you know seeing people at their best and their worst and looking after each other. So I thought that was really good. So my number two, um, Queer Eye series five. Epic. Love Queer Eye. I know you're a fan as well. Oh, so wow. like boys back sprinkling their magic and just bringing joy to people's lives again. Another feel good something during lockdown that you know when the world was going to shit it was just great to see some positivity and wholesomeness and they are just five good eggs going around spreading love and positivity can i just say um you know the way you see like casting pages or casting like posters being put up on facebook for like tv shows and things like that yeah I must say, if I, if if I ever got a sniff <laughs> that there was a queer eye casting poster oh. being around, I would be hello. Excuse on me. That. Yep. I do, no, it doesn't. I, won't, I can't tell you what job I do right now, but I, I do want to be on your show because my life is in need of the Fab Five. <laughs> please, please. I know. I just wreck my house on purpose just so they'd visit me and like. Yeah. I don't know. Like they're just brilliant. They're just so wholesome, and they just make such a change. And you need that. I think. I think that's the thing. Bar Hannibal. A lot of what I was watching was kind of feel good, wholesome, nice, just nice content, warm content. And then my number one was something that I always revisit, but I'm revisiting again with my younger sister because she's never seen, um, she's never watched it. Brooklyn Nine Nine. I haven't seen it again. Seen it. Oh, you've never seen it? No. No. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good show. Twenty minutes. It's about a cop called Jake Peralta and just the 99 squad and just all their antics and it's so well written and as each series goes on the character development's amazing they're so relevant to the point where they were currently filming a new series and then the black lives matter happened and the campaign and the protest and all the shit that's going on in the world in america um and they've scrapped the first four episodes because they want to make it more relevant to what's happening and the, the social commentary for a comedy that's 20 minutes about an Egypt of a cop, it is just so good. And they've got such great characters. They've got like the, the boss of the precinct is a gay black man. They've got the sergeant who's a black guy that just loves yogurt. You know, they've got Latina characters by set. They, they just, they are so relevant and they're, they were ahead of the time when they started it and they've just kept going with the social commentary and the importance. And it's also just, wholesome and fun and it's a really good show and i love it and you should watch it ross i'm disappointed in you okay you i should have watched it, it by now. but sure at least if, if we can if anything good can come from this it's that i could start watching this sure i know we binge it like i'm watch- <laughs> i'm re-watching it for like the third or fourth time wow. it's just such a good series and again i think it's that thing of escapism i was kind of escaping to to places that i knew that felt safe and fun but you know 
do make a difference. And I think definitely Queer Eye and Brooklyn Nine Nine, good safe places. Brilliant. I think those are great suggestions. Um, and uh, I'll allow I'll allow the extra third option. I will say Afterlife <laughs> is a fantastic um, series. So I couldn't couldn't yeah. agree more with you there. It's it's a great it's a great sort of um, who what better time in our lives to say fuck it I'm gonna do what I want than this time. So um, I'll absolutely I endorse that one. Um, and Queer Eye is <laughs> awesome, and I will definitely give Brooklyn Nine Nine a watch. Now, Caitlin, this is one of my favorite segments, and um, I know for sure from all the time that I've known you that you have. A couple of weird stories for me um in my in my mind and i say every single podcast that i believe this is the weirdest industry on planet earth so can you help me prove this to my listeners all 12 of them um <laughs> by telling me a weird tv story please okay weird tv story so this was a few years ago and it was like my first kind of proper job working on a low budget film and I was a runner and I kind of was doing lots of miscellaneous jobs as you do as a runner from you know picking up things and getting coffee printing out stuff but one of my jobs was to get props so this was a film on teenage pregnancy and me looking as I am I look quite young so I had to try to go to a health clinic to go some props authentic props but because it was low budget we didn't have any money so i was kind of like looking for anything and anything that i could get without having to pay money so went to a health clinic i'd rang ahead saying you know i'm working on a film um if you had any posters or leaflets or empty boxes of things that we could make the set more realistic that would be great so they told me to pop on by but it was one of those things where you have to buzz in to get you can't just walk in um it's more like kind of high security, which I get for some people going there. That's important. So I buzzed in, uh, they let me in and I walked up and I was like, oh, hi there. Um, I'm Caitlin. I'm doing uh, that film on teenage pregnancy and I'm, I'm here for some props. And the woman just looked at me and she obviously thought I was lying. She was obviously like, you're not doing a film. You're here. For, you need like This is your way of yeah. basically coming in to try and get stuff. So she was like, do you want to come into my office? And I was like, no, no, I don't need like I'm here for so like posters and leaflets and she was like do you want to come into my office come on into my office sure i'll get you sorted so went in Oakley was sitting in her office and then she started kind of lecturing like just just chatting to me being like so how are you and why are you here today and i was like oh i'm here because you know i'm doing a film on oh, and long story short, after a lot of weird questions and awkwardness i got sent away with my leaflets my posters and a big box of condoms so i was delighted <laughs> but it was so weird because you find yourself in films in situations where people don't really get tv so when you're coming in being like oh i need some props like give me posters and stuff they thought i was lying and they probably were looking at me going this this is a 15 year old child that's just coming in blagging away but i mean i didn't go away empty-handed but it was definitely one of the weirdest weirdest situation that's mental man i can actually i can i can almost like i can almost see the perm in this woman's hair and when you come in and you're like i just need the stuff for t- for this tv and film thing i'm doing yeah. and she's like oh god love we just blink twice if you're in trouble please you know? <laughs> no, but you can talk to me pet sure i'll put the kettle on like, I, don't, I don't need any reassurance or help i'm okay i just i just want leaflets but it was the fact that she, the big box i see i had I'm leaving the clinic with a massive box of Durex condoms. I was just like, 
what is my life? What is, I don't need this. And then when I appeared on set with all this big box, they were like, we asked for leaflets and posters, not an empty boxes, <laughs> empty boxes. These were not empty. Oh man. So, but what was great was I was also having to get a pregnancy kit too the same day, but luckily someone else got it. Cause that would have been too much, <laughs> too much. <laughs> Cause I nearly asked her for a pregnancy kit. So I was like, you probably have pregnancy kits here too, but. <laughs> no <laughs> Mate, that's mad. And so, something tells me see this is this is the thing about you though that you have a way of getting into places that i just know that i wouldn't <laughs> be able to get into and i feel like if i went in I, if i went in i might be hey. i might be coming out handcuffed i feel like there might be a police call if i come in being like yeah i'm looking for all this stuff right. <laughs> give me the link <laughs> yeah they'd be like oh no oh yes yeah, take it take it quick <laughs> i know i think i think sometimes being as small and as young looking as i am it sometimes helps <laughs> <laughs> yeah man absolutely well here that's a, it's, it's something you use to your advantage and it, and it certainly helps um that's a fantastic weird tv story you're further helping me prove that this is a very weird industry that we're in weird industry it is um i had to wrap my brains though for like a good one i was like there's a lot of weird stuff that's uh occurred do you have any others? I mean, you've got time if you want to get if you want to hit me up with another one. I don't know. I mean, my show that we work on, you, you end up doing recce's and visits and mm. stuff. And there was a time that I was handed a rooster that I was then told was a gay rooster that got kicked out by the the chickens he was supposed to be with because he wasn't doing his job properly, and he now <laughs> lives with a bunch of alpacas i mean oh my god it's like oh little god. anecdote like that and i'm just like i love this job and i was just holding this rooster that he basically he'd stand in front of you and look up and that would signal he was ready to be lifted oh. and then you'd lift him up you just just walk around the farm with him so well like you know yeah, what caitlin just... i i say this every sunday to my mom but homophobia is rampant in the rooster trade that's all i say, that's all I, say. <laughs> I know the poor pet getting kicked out with <laughs> days but he found he found love somewhere else all the alpacas became friends with him and he was happy enough he was the Aww, king of the alpacas that's brilliant man that's that that's a true that's yeah. that's 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 what queer eye gives us it teaches us that we're that's all human true. beings we're all animals and we can all you know we can all chill in the same circles if live we in harmony yeah he was cute I feel like people might actually be able to take something away from this podcast, you know, for once. There you go. <laughs> Living and learning. <laughs> I think we might have created a, a, a sort of a, a, an accidental gay icon here. <laughs> I know. The rooster. I think he, his name was Barry. Barry the rooster. Barry the rooster. Brilliant. Barry the rooster. <laughs> oh my God. I can just imagine Barry. him walking like the edge of glory, like in time to the music. You know what I mean? He was a sassy rooster. Like I loved him. It's just the fact that he'd stand all ready for you, like, come on, <laughs> lift me up. I'm ready to look upon my subjects. <laughs> oh, brilliant, man, brilliant. Um, so the last segment I do, which is uh, it's just, uh, usually the part where, because I, I like to think the people are listening to this who are of all different levels, but um, you came from, you had a, you had a, you did your degree in film and you come from the student background and you worked your way through and you got your way in through hustling uh the way you do um but i think you've certainly learned a lot of things that you can give to a lot of younger people who are trying to break into the industry considering you got your first job in tv and you're only 21 weren't you whenever whenever you first started yeah when i first started um, yeah fresh out of uni so so this this segment is advice of the day with caitlin 
Um, so, Caitlin, have you got any resources or tools or anything that could help our listeners? Um, please, please do tell me. Specifically in TV. TV and film, yeah. TV and film. Um, I mean, I found... So, I, I did my degree and then I did a trainee scheme in which I met you. And from that scheme, I met like-minded people. And I have found that over the years of working in the industry, surrounding yourself with good, good eggs, good people that you can kind of stay connected to has really helped because, you know, the world's tough. You'll have challenges. You'll have stuff happen that you might not know how to handle. And having a secure group around you just to kind of check in and they, you know, like a, a support network, I guess, I have found really, really helpful um, for just any questions or concerns you know just checking on people um most of the time you guys have good advice for me and most of the time it's it can be sometimes you can feel like you're on your own and you're not really and you have and I think lockdown proved that too that you stay connected with people telling people about jobs and opportunities coming up I found having that network really really helpful and you know, when you work on a project, you're going to be working with that person for a good few weeks or months. So being a good egg and finding those good eggs is rewarding, if that's... Yeah, man, that's great because I think at the end of the day, um, it's actually, it's mo- it's as much of a lesson in life as it is a lesson for TV and film, but surround yourself with people that inspire you and being around Definitely. a strong network of people who care about you. And I think um, for sure, like luckily enough, we both start at the same time. So, you know, there's never going to be a time where you don't have someone like me or other people to, to kind of say, you know, I'm having this issue, having that issue, because we've all experienced our fair share of problems. And, uh, you know, I think the best thing about um, this industry right now is that if anybody is um, in a tough situation all they got to do is ask for a little bit of help and everyone will do whatever they can to try and help um, that's one thing I'll say about Northern Ireland TV's industry it, it, we do have that if, if, if nothing else um, but that's, that's <laughs> nothing else <laughs> nothing else I mean I'm still raging about the rooster Caitlin I can't I can't get it out of my mind that man that, I, that, that rooster should be at the very highest of the list leading the charge in pride but listen <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that um, one thing I can't say is you've been great guest Caitlin and thank you for coming on and um, congrats for getting back into TV and um, hopefully you're going to tell people to give me a job and then um, I can stop doing this podcast and I can finally <laughs> do real things so <laughs> no, that's, drag that's you in with me yes drag me in and, I, and yeah no, of course I love this podcast that's just a disclaimer um, but uh, well, he has yeah but uh, yes man it's great to have you on and uh look man it's uh, hopefully i'll have you on again but uh other than that thank you thanks for having me cheers not a problem man all right caitlin well i'll see you later anyway and now we do the cheesy wave bye like a kid's show Thank you for listening to the Human Collective Podcast. Remember, like and subscribe our YouTube channel and follow us on Spotify for all future podcasts.